Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. This morning, uh, we've got a guest speaker, and um, I've been following Steve um, just watching his services and his messages. I think the first time I watched him was in, in 2019 when they were still at Relate Church and he was preaching there. And I thought, and I said to him, wow, I really like how this guy preaches. I love his message. Um, and then they planted the church in 2020. Um, perfect timing. Um, <laughs> right when COVID started. So uh, it was really good. And obviously they listened to God. Um, and God was teaching them perseverance and patience, and, and um, they've been faithful um, in this church that they've planted. Um, I love that they, they, they took steps where others were scared and closed down. They, they stayed open and adjusted based on what the guidelines were, but they stayed open and they honored the gathering of people. They kept doing it um, within the restrictions and within the regulations. So I want to honor them for that, first of all. But also I want to honor him because I do believe that God has, uh, he's, it's like God has orchestrated this relationship between us as a church and them um, and, and people also. I just like this person so much, not just as a pastor, but amazing guy. Um, and um, I, when, when now what I'm doing is when I don't know theological answers I, I call him because he does the research and then he just sends it to me and then I tell you and make it sound like I did it yeah which is fantastic love this relationship no so I just want to honor him this morning and and as he comes up will you please honor him and and just give him applause saying thank you for being faithful And I'm just going to pray for him. So if you guys will extend your hands to him. Father God, I thank you so much for your son um, that you've appointed for a time like this to speak your word boldly, um, unapologetically, with love, so that the world will know more about you. And you've anointed him, Father, as a speaker and as a preacher and as a teacher. And Father, I pray that his words this morning will impact every single heart in this place, that not one person will leave here um, saying that God didn't speak to me. So I pray that this message will be powerful because you're the only one that can do that. So I pray a blessing over him, his family, his home, for the sacrifices that they've made, for the lives that they've laid down to follow you, to follow your call. And I pray, Father, that you will just continue to pour out your blessing over them more and more and more. And I'm thankful for the relationship, Lord. We love you. We love serving you. In Jesus Christ's wonderful name we pray. Amen. That's well, right up there, isn't it? All right. Good morning, everybody. You have to do a little bit better than that. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Wow, that worship was excellent, wasn't it? I was doing good. I was singing through the first few songs. I was just like, this is good. I enjoy this. And that last song just broke me. <laughs> just weeping before the Lord. It was a beautiful time of worship. We, we absolutely love your pastors and uh, are so grateful for... Um, the opportunity to be here this morning. Uh, my wife Ashley is speaking um, at our church, which is our home, 
And this is the farthest I've gone to church in a long time. Because I've been just walking downstairs from my bedroom upstairs. So it's been, um, it's, uh, it's good to be with you. Would you turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians, please? 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Second Corinthians chapter 12. And I want to affirm again what your, your pastor said this morning. I'm, you know, I'm really not here as anything else but um, someone who's endeavoring to handle God's word correctly. I'm not here as a coach. I'm not here as a motivational speaker. I'm not here as a politician. I'm here as a pastor. And if there was a title for my message today, I'm not really great with titles. I don't know why. It's just not one of my giftings. It's just, you know what I'm saying? People are, I know some people are really incredible with titles. I'm not. But if I was going to title this, I would entitle it Thankful. Can you say Thankful. You're going to love this next part. I know you are. For pain. <laughs> Thankful for pain. Thankful for pain. Our key passage is in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And our key verse is this. In verse 9, he said to me, this is God, saying to Paul, he said to me, listen, listen carefully, my grace is all you need. Now, some of you, that's all you need to hear this morning, right there. That's your message. That's what you need to take into your heart. My grace is all you need. Maybe say that right now with me. My grace is all you need. And then God goes on to express to Paul this next phrase, and he says, my power works best in, do you know the next word without looking? Oh, there's, oh, it's up there. Wow, these guys are amazing. Canadians. <laughs> I'm from America. Don't hold it against me. It's okay. It's too late. I've already got a citizenship, so I'm here now. You're stuck with me. The, the reality is life is full of difficulties, isn't it? Any of you in this, this uh, room this morning have any difficulties this past week? All right. Ten of you, twelve of you. All right. Anybody have difficulties the past year or two? See, the reason that song hits me um, just in a real keen place is my mom died two years ago at the start of the pandemic. And she used to pray that prayer over me every night when I was going to bed. And she would bless me. Mom, come bless me. And she'd come in to pray that prayer over me. And I did it to my kids. And uh, two weeks ago, I, was, I had the privilege of marrying my daughter and her fiance, and I prayed the blessing over them as they became, became man and wife. You know, it's easy for us as Christians to kind of fall into this almost a trap of saying, God, just bless me, bless me, bless me. And he says, sometimes I'm going to bless you by giving you something you don't want. And in Paul's case, Paul says, I don't want it. I'm going to tell you that I don't want it. I know you guys are quiet for a reason. I'm, yeah, amen. This is so good. Thanks for bringing this guy. 
But here's, here's the challenge. Here's the challenge. The challenge is that maybe if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, maybe you're one of those people in here who have a strong relationship with God. And when things that are challenging happen to you, you just kind of chug right on through it. And you're like, I got this. It's okay. It's good. But what about the person who heard about Jesus two weeks ago and might be just kind of processing all this stuff, and what they heard was, come to Jesus, your life's going to be better. Come to Jesus, you'll have peace. Come to Jesus and your problems will be solved. And then you realize that that's not necessarily always true. See, when Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, he's not saying I can leap tall buildings in a single bound. I can defy gravity. No, Paul is saying, he just said before that, he says, I've had a lot and I've had a little. I've had plenty and I've had, I've had to ask for people to help me. And he says, I can do all things. Come on, everybody. I can do all things. I can do, I can do plenty and I can do, I don't have a lot. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And in his writings, in, um, in Paul's life, he talks about pain. He talks about challenges. He talks about being beaten, left for dead, all these different things. And he puts his pain or his challenges in two different categories. The first category is this, difficulty. I wonder if they have this on the board. You don't because I didn't give it to you. That would be amazing. The Lord's really working here this morning. <laughs> The first, the first one is difficulties that you encounter because you're a Christ follower. There are some things that you will encounter as difficulties or as problems because you follow Jesus. Come on, somebody, right? I dare you to stand up for Jesus this day and not expect to have some backlash. Right? And most of us, when that happens, we go silent. You know, we post a... On, on Instagram or Facebook. I know none of you are on TikTok like me, but I am. I like to go on TikTok and kind of spice things up a little bit. My wife goes, get off TikTok. Okay. Just a little more. I find it, I find it good because I like defending my faith. I like talking to people about who Jesus is and, and uh, the Muslims and the, and the people who have... Uh, bad theology, and they're like, this is who Jesus is, and I say, no, that's not true. This is what the Bible really says. This is what history says. And I enjoy that, but there's backlash that comes. There's people who um, give you hate for that. And there are people who will cancel you for that. That's the first kind of difficulties. Then the second kind of difficulties you have is the one we all know, and that is the difficulties that you encounter because you are, say it with me, breathing. Difficulties because you are breathing. When will this problem end? Who knows? Who knows? There are sometimes it's because of following Christ. Sometimes it's because we just are in this body and we have troubles. The reality is that Christians will encounter difficult times. We know that. A little bit about the background in 2 Corinthians. 
I usually take a couple hours preaching, so I know I'm on a little shorter leash this morning. Well, how much do I have left? 40 minutes, something like that? An hour? No? Not even playing along with the joke. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Just quick background in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians was written about AD 55 to 57. And the author, as you probably well know, is Paul. And he um, started the Corinthian church in AD 52. Another interesting side note. I forgot to tell you this. A side note. If I say it's a side note, the clock has to stop. That's the rule that I use. So, a side note. Paul was born about AD 5. So he was roughly the age of Jesus, but they didn't, they didn't cross paths. So there's a lot going on here that you might see when you read through the New Testament where you go, why is Paul always caught up with saying, like, I'm an apostle just like you guys? Have you ever wondered that? Why does he keep saying, well, I'm an apostle just like you? What's the big deal about that? Other than a title, if you really are a title person. I'm senior executive. So, okay, whatever. We're impressed. We're impressed, Jim. <laughs> so why is Paul saying that I need to be called an apostle? Why is that a big deal? Because he has authority or he has ability to, co to correct the church and when, the, when there are things that are being taught that are wrong. So when the Judaizers come in after a church is set up and uh, there's new Christian faith happening and uh, they're fine, they have freedom in Christ and all this great stuff is happening and then the Judaizers come behind and they've got a mixture of Christianity and Judaism and they go, yeah, the Jesus thing is really cool. And we're with you. Like, believe it. We're with you. We're Messiah. Woo, cool, awesome. And, um, and you guys know that you still have to obey the law, right? And they go, hold on a second. No, we didn't know that. We didn't know we had to do that. And after Paul or whoever he left in charge to set the church up, he says, do this while I'm gone. Plant the church this way. Lead the church this way. Somebody comes in and starts spreading false truth and says, here, no, you, you need to do this. We're going to talk to you today about circumcision. Oh, awesome. Oh. <laughs> we didn't know we had to do that. Oh, Paul was going to tell you about it. He might tell you the next time through. And the next time through, Paul goes, circumcision? Who told you to do that? Well, these Judaizers. You mean I didn't have? No, you didn't. <laughs> Poor buddy. So crazy. Paul confronts these terrible problems where this bad doctrine is happening. My wife's going to really love that my hair is doing this today. I just believe me, it's wonderful. But he, he wrote with some authority back to this church and said, hey, you guys, I heard you doing this and I heard you doing that. Who told you you could do that? Like, what is wrong with you guys? And his first letter, 1 Corinthians, was kind of, um, he called it, he actually used the word severe. He said it was a severe letter. And then in 2 Corinthians, he says, I'm giving you kind of my follow-up. Like, we're still friends, right? You still love me, right? He writes 2 Corinthians to smooth some things over. And he learns that um, Titus um, had given him the report that many people had repented. And it was good. It was excellent. 
So Paul writes to vindicate himself and again assert his authority as an apostle and say how he has the ability through the anointing of God Almighty to call them to correct doctrinal attention. Here, this is what you need to preach and teach. Jesus came to give you freedom. Live in that freedom. Can somebody say amen? amen. Right? Don't wait. When the Judaizers come back in, they go, no, not again. We've, we've already been there. We're not doing this again. While defending himself, it's Paul's right to defend himself, he says. He decides to share his most vulnerable moment with the church. And that's how we begin our reflection today in our passage. It's with this truth. The first thing is this. Your pain is meant to have purpose. Think about that for a second. Your pain is meant to have purpose. It's meant to. It doesn't mean you, it will have purpose. Because it's how you see it and how you view it that determines if it's going to take you out or if it's going to bring you to your knees and bring you through. It has to do with how you see it. Because in all of the writings in the New Testament, when somebody has pain or problems or issue, it's not the fact that they have it. It's what they do about it that makes the difference. It's what they do about it. When they saw the, the, the lame man at the gate, or the blind man at the gate, who sinned here, Jesus? Was it his parents, his grandparents? Who was it? He's a... No, this is just, he basically said, this is just life, dude. This is life. It could have been from a disease that he went blind. And he says, he's here so that the glory of God may be revealed in his life today when I heal him and bring him new sight. But that guy had the choice to just keep his hands in his pockets, right? He could have just stayed there and said, I'm good. I don't need anything. You ever met people like that? Do you need anything? Nope, I'm good. Nothing? Nope, I'm good. She don't want something to drink or? Nope. We've been going through in our, in our church, we've been going through uh, the book of Matthew. We go through the Sermon on the Mount and how Jesus um, teaches all these things. And he says this phrase, he says, I know you've heard it said, this is what you should do. But I tell you, this is the truth. This is what brings glory to God. You might be that you say that the law says don't commit adultery. But what Jesus says is what? Don't even look at a woman and lust upon her. Because if you do that, it's the exact same thing. Whoa, time out, Jesus. It's the same thing, really? It's because that's what defiles you. That's what defiles you is what's going on inside of you how you see things that happen to you, how you view things. When something bad happens to you, do you say, God is not on my side anymore? We, we planted a church like right at the beginning of COVID. And yeah, I thought the exact same thing, Pastor. Did we really hear from God? And we did. We heard from God. And for this small band of believers that we have, God is helping us teach them, reach them, encourage them, and release them into ministry, into reaching other people for Jesus. It's how you view it that matters. 
See, God's intention is never to waste your pain. But again, you can do it if you want to. You can waste that pain. You can nurture that pain. You can save that pain. You can be like that crazy, what's that like wrinkled up guy from Lord of the Rings? Gollum. You can be like him, my precious. And you nurture that pain and you put it back in his pocket. Oh, that's my pain. I'll just keep it with me. This is my thing. I get to, oh, you got a complaint? <laughs> Wait a second. I'll show you some pain. <laughs> There's my pain. Top that. Here's the truth, though. God wants to heal your pain. The ability's there for God to heal your pain. We know that. We know that, right? But here's the thing. God can't heal what you won't admit. God can't heal what you are committed to hide. God can't make better what you're committed to deny even happened. This would be a side note. I would normally step over here, but I know the clock's against me. This is my introduction. <laughs> so you know. Most people do choose to hide it or excuse it or even deny it. Maybe I'll tell you some other day. Maybe we could have lunch. I'll have lunch with each and every one of you, and I'll tell my story about when I was pastoring in Tacoma, Washington, and after 22 and a half years, my wife um, had an affair and left the church and my kids and I. And I'll tell you, I'd rather be standing here in front of you and not say that. <laughs> that kind of makes it better, I guess. <laughs> Thank you. Honestly, if I had more time, I, I could go into the miracle after miracle after miracle that happened when Ashley and I got married and we became, my, my two girls and myself became us six. And we moved to Canada. And God, through the pain, come on, through the pain, you can admit it, Steve, I don't really want to. I would rather not. But because I'm not willing to ignore or lie about the pain, God is able to heal my pain. Because the pain doesn't have power over me anymore. It's not controlling me anymore. It, 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 it is my, it's what happened in my past, but it does not define my future. It doesn't define where I'm going. This is what Paul says in our text. He says, you know, if I was going to boast in verse 1, um, he says, if I was going to boast, though boasting will do no good, I must go on. I'll reluctantly tell about visions and revelations from the Lord. I was caught up into the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether I was in my body or out of my body, I do not know. Only God knows. So Paul doesn't know if he's in his body, if he's having like a, a dream or a, a vision or whatever it is. He says he doesn't know exactly. He says, yes, only God knows 
whether I was in my body or outside my body, but I do know that I was caught up to paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words. Things no humans, human is allowed to tell. Wow, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? Pretty kind of cool. If you were hanging out with someone, they go, I'm going to tell you when I was caught up into the third heaven. Where's that? Where's the third heaven? We have what we can see, what we can see beyond what we see, the universe. The third heaven is the next, the next heaven beyond, beyond that, what we can't see. And Paul says, I was caught up into the third heaven, and I saw things that no person has ever seen, and I heard things that no person has ever seen. And if there's anybody who could boast about something in verse 5, he says, that experience is worth boasting about, but I'm not going to do it. See, because Paul could have said, when I come to you, I could tell you about the things that you should be impressed with me about. Like, I didn't tell you, you pastors, this, but um, I was the valedictorian in my class when I graduated. <laughs> I, was, I was also the most likely to succeed, voted. I, you're laughing at me. <laughs> I had the highest. I'm, I'm serious. I'm being serious. I had the highest GPA of the entire class since the school was founded. Thank you. That's better. I was also homeschooled. Gotcha. <laughs> but if I was wanting to impress you, I could say that. Just leave the second part off. And Paul says, if I wanted to impress you with what I'm teaching you or preaching to you, I could tell you about my vision that I got from God. I could tell you about all this spiritual stuff, but he says, instead, what I'm going to tell you about is the, say it, the pain. I'm going to tell you about the pain. You know what this is? It's called maturity. It's not the elimination of the pain. It's how you see the pain that eliminates the power that it has over your life. He says, if I must boast, I'd rather boast about the things that show how weak I am. What do you want to boast about? This cool thing I did back in the day? When you were a football star? Or you were the homecoming queen? Or eh, whatever? There you go. What would you boast about? Paul says, I could boast about that, or I could boast about my pain. See, even super spiritual people have difficulties in life, don't they? Even people who you would go, like, you guys must have it all together. And you start talking to them and you realize, like, oh, no, it's not that they have it all together. It's that they know who has it all together. They know the one who has it all together. There's an old song that we used to sing, an old hymn. You guys know what hymns are? Back when I was a wee lad. We'd sing, I don't know who holds the future. Do you know what the rest of it says? But I know who holds my hand. I don't know about tomorrow, but I know who holds my hand. Many things about tomorrow I can't even understand. And I know about tomorrow 
because I know who holds my hand. We're not exempt from pain because we're Christians. Paul says in verse 6, if I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so because I would be telling the truth. Unlike I did just a little bit ago. But he says, I won't do it because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message. Now listen to that. I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message. Though I've received these wonderful revelations from God to keep me from being proud or to keep me on the right track or to keep me in the right mind frame, to keep me from boasting, to keep me from... Um, saying things that weren't appropriate. He says, God seems to work through many of our shortcomings and problems by giving us what he calls a thorn in the flesh. A thorn in the flesh. He says, God gave him that thorn to make sure that he didn't become prideful. Because it'd be easy for him to become prideful. Does God like pride? No? Anybody? No? Proverbs 16, the Lord detests all proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before the fall. Romans 12, 3, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Same writer, same thought but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Proverbs 3.34, he has no use for conceited people. God has no use for conceited people, but shows favor to those who are humble. Paul says, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan. Feels like Satan, he says, in the original wording, to torment me. To torment me. The King James says to buffet me. To buffet me. And the, the word picture there is like a boxer and a heavy bag. Just body blow, body blow, body blow, body blow, body blow. How much can you take? How much can you take? And Paul says, I was given this messenger of Satan to just hit me over and over and over and over and over again. And this is what Paul says. He says to keep me from becoming proud. I had to get a new perspective of the pain. The first one is that there only there's I'm not gonna I would side note and do a little talk about the devil for a second, but I can't because I don't have time. There's only one devil, he's one place at, at on in the earth at one place at a time. So even though he felt like it was the devil himself, may not have been the devil. Maybe a demon or something else. And what you consider to be your pain or your problem isn't always necessarily the devil, everybody. It may be one of your bad decisions. It may be. Paul said it felt like a messenger of Satan to buffet me, to torment me. What was Paul's thorn? Well, we think... We think it was his eyesight. We think that his eyes bothered him, and they never really healed. That, uh, that's why one of the reasons he had to have a companion with him to uh, help him 
as he was navigating where he was going, uh, maybe help him to point the right direction as he was in front of people. You know, here, they're this way, Paul. And, uh, and he, says, he says in that, it was, it, there's, there's many different passages that help us understand why that makes sense. And one of them is, he says, I didn't come to you in strength. Now, can you think of any weaker way to come before people than to have someone lead you to the place where you're supposed to lead? Here, come on up here, right here. Here we are. Here I am. Click, click, click. Right here. Knock, knock. Right here. Hear the noise. Come this way. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Keep it warmer, 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 warmer. Is there any other way that you could think that would be a way to make him look proud, to make him look like he's got it all together? Let him walk up there by himself. In other places, we see that he says, this is me, Paul, writing with my own hand. And they probably, he says, see which large letters I write with. Because he was like, P, get my glasses. The hard truth or the biblical truth is this. Sometimes God allows pain to keep us from becoming proud. And the reality is that that's the challenge to apply this text to your life and ask the question, is the pain supposed to be there? Is the pain supposed to be there to help me? to get my attention, to help me to focus. See, Paul says three different times he prayed. He begged the Lord to take it away in verse 8. Three different times I begged to the Lord to take this away. And each time he said no. Isn't it just a, a blessing when God's answer is no? You know, friends, he does say that. Look at your neighbor and say no. Oh, really? You're not that participatory? Come on. Everybody look at your neighbor and say no. No. Doesn't that feel good? One of you really wanted to say no there. That's good. I empower you, sister. No. But for us, when we're asking God to help us, or asking God to fix us, or asking God to take this pain away, or this problem, or this concern, or this money thing, or this fungus thing, or whatever it is, and God says, no. You go, hold on a second. You said you'd give me everything I asked for and pray. Yeah, according to my will. That's why when you start praying, the thing that takes all of your list and erases it is your will be done, not mine. Father in heaven, hallowed be thy, kingdom, thy, thy will be done. Once you say your will be done, all of your list has to get thrown away. And you say, okay, God, show me what your will is for my life today. Well, I want you to pick up a new lens, Steve. And I want you to start seeing me through this new set of eyes I'm going to give you. I want you to start hearing me through these new ears that I'm going to give you. Because verse 9 says, each time he says no, he followed it up. And he said, my grace is all you need. You know, you've been given all the grace you need when you got saved. All the grace you need, God poured all over you because it took care of your biggest problem. What was that? Sin. 
and he says, I've given you everything you need. But Paul says, he gave us everything for life and godliness in this, in this life. Everything that we need. He says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Or like this. My power, God says, works best when you are at your weakest. So he says this. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that when the power of Christ can, so that the power of Christ can work through me. The Amplified Version says this, my loving kindness and mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation. For my power is being reflected and is completely and completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. See, Paul didn't need healing. He needed a better perspective. Now, I'm not going to say that we don't pray for healing because we pray for healing every single Sunday at our church. And I don't say, well, we're going to pray for you, but just so you know, you might need a new perspective, sister. <laughs> no, I absolutely believe in healing. A thousand percent homeschooled. It's only 100%, I know. 100% I believe in healing. But we have to also say when we pray, God, is there something you want me to learn through this? Most of the time we come to God with our pain or our problem or issues or the thing that needs to be fixed. And we say, God, here's the problem. And here's how you fix it. I'm not going to tell you a story about my wife when she's trying to help me fix stuff. But that's, it's comical. What kind of screwdriver do you need? Flathead. What does it look like? It's flat. It's flat. Flat where? At the end is flat. You said flathead. Yeah, it's on the... Hang on a second. Let me crawl out. I'll go get it. Okay, now, now I need one that says star end. It's got a star in the end of it. Five points is a star. You know a star? Okay, what does it look like? If you look at it like this, it looks like... <laughs> Sometimes it's better just to do the work yourself. You know, just between you and God. And just to be a receptor and not a, not a dictator to God. God, here's my problem and here's how you handle it. I'd love to tell you the story of how we... Oh, maybe I will tell you. I might tell you. I have a, I have a video I want to share when we close in just a minute. But I just, I want to tell you another, another side note. Um, <clears throat> well, I, went to, I went to court um, 13 times, um, which is, was not a blessing. Um, financially, it was devastating. I had um, seventy-five dollars or $76,000 worth of debt. That's American money, friends. That was a joke. You could have laughed a little better than that. And I thought, like, okay, how am I gonna, how am I gonna do this? How is this gonna work? Like, this is like we're just gonna start a new life together, and how is this gonna work? And uh, and by the time we, <laughs> by the time we moved on Easter Sunday, when Ashley and I got married, and we we worked back and forth. I worked two jobs. I went back and forth to Canada, um, like three times a week. And in, in all that time, we crossed the border Easter Sunday debt-free with all our debt paid. 
And the reality was, I never even said, like, God, you better fix this or I'm not going to trust you. I just said, okay, God, we trust you. We trust you, Lord. And I called Ashley and I was like, you know what? Um, this, we, got a, we got a blessing from somebody and it was not, it wasn't like it was $70,000. We just had to trust for one day. Um, it was over and over again. Little, little pieces got put together. And this last piece of the puzzle was given to me. And I was like, that, that, that is so amazing that I wasn't even asking for it today. And on Easter Sunday, I called Ashley and said, my balance is zero. It's zero. I'm saying that because there may be some of you here that are really struggling financially. Like, you might be thinking, okay, God, where are you? Friends, God is bigger than, than the government. God is bigger than your bank account. If you are a follower of Christ, you only need to trust him. Only trust him. Only trust him. We think we know best. God, fill the bank account up and everything's going to be fine. And he says, he says, well, I mostly want you just to trust me. Because the cure for your pain is a godly perspective. So he says here in conclusion, 2 Corinthians 12, help me see, he says, that's why I take pleasures in my weaknesses, in the insults, the hardships, the persecutions, and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul chose to find strength in his weakness. And that's a call to maturity for all of us. James 1 tells us that when troubles come to us, we're to consider it an opportunity for great joy. My final thought to you this morning is this. Maybe God allowed your pain to remind you that you need to find your source in God alone. So what do we learn? This is what we learned from this passage Life is full of difficulties. Prepare your mind and your heart for them. Your pain is meant to have purpose. And your pain can cure you from your pride problem if you allow it or you participate. Number four, your cure for your pain is a godly perspective. And your pain can mean hope for someone who is hurting if you're, allowing, if you're allowed yourself to share it. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church Audio Podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the Word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.